0: Good morning, everyone. It's Lee Henson, President and Founder of Agile Dad, and it's time for today's episode of The Daily Stand-Up. So without any further ado, let's get started. It's Thursday. The week's almost over. I hope you all had an enjoyable St. Patrick's Day. I almost forgot to mention it yesterday. Uh, Life is good in the world today. Things are good. The sun's coming up. And I have a really interesting topic I want to talk to you about today. So an article was recently published, and uh, the author called out five agile trends that will lead the near future. And they went into great detail talking about these agile trends. So I thought it'd be good to give you my take on these agile trends and talk about where I think they're going and what's happening. And that way you can kind of get, I don't know, a view of the future, because none of us really have a crystal ball. Although my kids always tell me that I'm telepathetic, but they always say emphasis on pathetic. So, So here we go. The first prediction or the first wave of the future, if you will says here that agile tools will be much simpler. Uh, The learning learning curve for tools used in agile methodologies has traditionally been steep. So companies that are leaders in the use of such tools are directing their efforts to develop more user-friendly interfaces. Now, what I can tell you is that Having worked for one of the tool vendors many, many moons ago in the past, and having done work with the other vendors in two separate occasions to help them implement more agility or greater agility within their tool, one thing I can tell you for certain is that their goal was not to make the tool complicated. It was the people who used the tool who made custom requests for things to happen inside of the tool that made the tool complicated. So on the surface, when you use tools like Rally Dev, version one, Jira, Microsoft, whatever your tool of choice is, HP. Uh, what you'll find quickly is that the tool itself has some very basic functionality. One of the things that I always recommend when I see a company who's getting started with a tool is before you expose the tool to the great masses, go inside of the tool in the admin panel and turn all the bells and whistles off, turn all the features off. And that way, when someone comes to you and says, oh, I like this tool, but I really wish it could do X, can say man that's going to be quite an effort but let me see what i can do and you can go into the admin panel and flip a flip a simple switch and activate that part of the tool what we found is that that is a good way for you to gain leverage with your teams it's a good way for you to gain leverage with your organization it's a good way to keep the tool simple what we found is when you have most of the bells and whistles on that's what makes it confusing now the good news is i do see things migrating more and more to cloud-based solutions which is great um, I see things being locked in and more secure in a cloud, which is also great. Another thing that I'm going to see or predict is that bigger players, you know, you're going to have your apples of the world that are doing agile very well and Googles of the world that are going to stick their toe in the water when it comes to tools and see if they can't create something. Uh, it's not that they're trying to take the business away from Microsoft per se. They've got a lot of other things going on. But I certainly think that if they did stick their toe in the water, that would help everyone drive towards simpler tools. So this one, I, I do agree. I think that things are gonna be easier, that uh, things are easy now if you approach it correctly. But I do think that over time, things are gonna be more secure and easier and more cloud-based. So I think that's uh, all true. Next one. The next one shook me to the core. It says, Safe becomes more popular. Uh, it talks about scaled out framework as one that is emerging as them, emerging the most as a leader among agile methodologies. Okay, let me tell you something. I love Dean Leffingwell as much as I do the next person, and I am a safe SPC. And what I can tell you right now is that's not true. And, <laughs> you know, I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just safe is designed on three tiers. The bottom tier is straight up scrum, it always has been and always will be. And that tier has been successfully implemented in organizations all around the world. That part of SAFE, that 33% of SAFE works incredibly well. The next tier of SAFE focuses on release modeling, release planning, agile release trains, release train engineers, et cetera. And that tier also works incredibly well. So there's your 66%. And uh, it, it works very well if you implement it correctly. And as long as everyone can be on the same page and as long as we can get things done that way, then, absolutely, that part of it works incredibly well, also. When you start to get to that top tier and you start to get that organizational alignment, while I don't disagree, there's a need for that, I feel like that's when you start to run into problems. You know, I don't have a problem with product increment planning or pie planning, I don't have a problem with that piece of it. It's when you get to that top tier and you start talking about some of the coordination. And I think the message that Safe sense that, you know, organizations who are struggling to implement some of the b- very basic tenets of Agile can have success with scaling. I think that, you know, using the acronym SAFE was brilliant, it's marketing genius, but I think we're going to see a trend in the opposite direction. I think what, just like in the past when we had extreme programming, dynamic systems development method, crystal clear, Kanban lean, you had all these different ways of doing things and Scrum was one of them people are gonna become tired. They're gonna be weary. There's safe, Scrum at Scale, Nexus, Disciplined Delivery, I'm gonna go down the list with you. There's so many now, there's probably 15 of them now. And I think what's gonna happen is there's gonna be a reckoning and people are gonna to come to the table and say, which one's gonna be the most popular? And if I had to choose based on all the different scaled frameworks, so to speak, I think Scrum at Scale probably stands the best chance of surviving. I think SAFE is up there. It's, it's doing a good job with its marketing and with its name and with its two levels that work. But um, I certainly feel like there is room for growth. I think there is room for some intent there. I, I, just, I think that SAFE's original plan of being something that was simple, scalable, uh, visible on one page, something that was easy to lay out and easy to implement, went away when I I invented safe for this, safe for that, safe for this. It it, it tore down the simplicity of it and made it much more complex. And I think that in practice, what I'm seeing is organizations really struggle to understand which safe is for them, how to implement safe. And especially at the top tier, they they struggle or fail to get it moving in a direction that's gonna work for them. So while they say it becomes more popular, I'm going to err on the opposite side and say it's going to go away or become a lot less popular because people are going to realize that they can, that they're just doing scrum at the bottom and enhanced or better release planning, rapid release planning. And I think the companies are going to take the bits and pieces that work, but not bite off safe as a whole. Uh, the next one says artificial intelligence and machine learning is key elements in agile best practices will be implemented. I agree. I think that as time goes on, it doesn't make sense for us to think otherwise. You know, AI is a huge part of what's going on. Machine learning is happening around us every day in every industry. There's no reason to believe why Agile wouldn't be directly impacted with this. I work with a lot of companies, including design interactive and systems implementers that are that are doing fantastic strides in Agile and AI and VR and uh, really making some good strides when it comes to helping organizations see things differently using modern technologies. So, so I don't see any reason why that would not be true. Uh, the fourth one is continuous testing. You know, uh, a lot of people still have separate or isolated phases of testing, which I think is really interesting. You know, I, I've talked for years about blurring the lines, about making things gray or brown and, and getting people to get to the point where they can, you know, code and test or test and code. And you know, while end-to-end testing is still an outlier in many organizations, uh, I think the need for continuous integration and continuous testing integration is something that definitely needs to happen if it's not already. Uh, I often say, "Agile without proper test automation is dead," and <laughs> I mean that. Right? You need to have the proper coaching when it comes to implementing testing within your organization, and you need to have some good footing under you to make sure you can support it. And finally. Uh, Agile is being implemented outside of IT. This has been true for a number of years, and I only suspect it'll get better. I think that when we start working towards Kaizen and continuous improvement and we start seeing things in the organization, we're going to quickly discover. uh, Many years ago, I did work with Nelson Laboratories in Salt Lake, and, and Nelson Labs did a fantastic job of, uh, you know, Jeff Nelson, uh, the CEO and president, founder of Nelson Labs. He did a fantastic job of working with his teams to show them how Agile could be implemented in everything from human resources to janitorial services. I mean, everyone in the company knew how to do Agile. And it was great because they didn't build one piece of software. So I think that, you know, when you, when you think about the implementation of Agile, and you start thinking about traditional implementations where it was software related and IT. You know that's going away, and we're seeing it used more and more for finance, insurance, retail, entertainment, a lot of entertainment. Uh, there's just so many different ways that are exciting to do this. Marketing's taken a big bite out of this, uh, finance, financial organizations. So just keep in mind that Agile is an open field, ready to harvest. There's so many things going on. I think that if I had to add my one prediction to this, if somebody contacted me and said, what is the one prediction? I think that more and more organizations are gonna start to lean on external coaches to produce an internal element of some form of Agile Center of Excellence I don't know that it'll completely replace a PMO, but I think that organizations are starting to take strides in building an agile champion type environment inside of their organizations. And, and that's helping them progress, especially with everything being uh, remote remotely facilitated at this point with the pandemic. I think that organizations are looking for ways to help track key progress and looking for ways to do things in the cloud and looking for ways to enhance their practices so that they can be better at what they do. And I think that's probably the next most immediate change that I see. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was helpful. As always, we encourage you to tune in on dot where you can learn more about this topic and many others. If you have an idea for an episode for the daily standup podcast, of course we want you to send it over to learn more at agile dad.com where we'd love to entertain Uh, that idea. And who knows, maybe you'll be called out in the Agile Daily Stand-Up Podcast. That would be fun. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.